0: Well, this morning, as you can see, we're doing something slightly different. It's been very hard for us to know how to do communion through this season. Sometimes we do it in, in groups, but of course we've not been able to do it as a whole church. And uh, I felt God speak to me when we, Pam and I were going through Nehemiah a few weeks ago, where uh, they, they had rediscovered the Word, and, and as they listened to the Word, it was doing all sorts of things in their hearts and lives. And they were, some were weeping and some were rejoicing and there was a lot going on. And uh, the outcome of the story was that, you know, this is great. You know, we're encountering God again. We're hearing God and and, um, and it's time to feast and it's time to celebrate. And as I thought about that, it made me think about communion. It made me think about the word of the gospel. It made me think about us as a a community. And... um, and so we, we decided we would go ahead and we would celebrate communion anyway. And I trust that you have a bread and wine or juice with you wherever you are. And uh, I've got a couple of spare seats here to symbolize the places for others as well. And uh, I would just like you to, to draw up a chair, as it were, and come and join us as we break bread together. Um, many of you will be aware that we are running a, a kind of a, a Together um, exhibition uh, in, in shortly as a result of the what we've been doing, the, the series On Together, and Hannah has done a, a wonderful little picture of it, and when she was asked about the reason for doing this picture, it's a communion picture, she says, the reason I chose to do this piece is because what better to resemble being together than what God himself had ordained. We are the church, the body of Christ together. And though we may be in different homes, in different places Uh, today, uh, we are the body of Christ together. And she goes on to say the way we remember how together we are in in what Christ has done for us all is in and by communion. And I'm looking forward to when we can do this again. And we really do look forward to when we can all be together and break bread together again. Because there is something so powerful in this table that God sets before us this morning. And uh, there is that invitation here to come and dine. Last week we heard Andy speaking about what it was to be in Christ and uh, what it was to be a new creation, no longer orphans. Well, it is that that gives us the privilege this morning to come and sit at this table. So we don't come in, in a beggarly way. We don't come in a way that is groveling before God. Uh, we come because God's already done something for us in Jesus. He has... He has paid the price and he bids us come. And so we come as sons and daughters around this table. We we come as the family of God this morning around this table. This has been variously called across the life of the church, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, breaking of bread, all good names uh, uh, for for this table, uh, this fellowship table. It is indeed a holy communion because we are communion with God in these moments. It's unlike any other meal that we have. It is a Eucharist because we we do give thanks in every sense of the word. It is the, the Lord's Supper that he invites us to, and in it we do break bread together. It's at the heart of Christian worship. It's been at the heart of Christian worship down through the centuries. Jesus said to us, he said, Do this, in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, remembering can take on different forms. I mean, I I can remember what I did yesterday. I can remember that I went down the shop to do something. Remembering takes on different forms. And remembering, though, is more than a recollection of things that have happened to us, things that we did, things that have been done. It's an engagement with the story, as, as if it happened to us, to you and to me. That's the way that they celebrated Passover, which Jesus lifted this meal out of. The people, they they knew their history. They they also saw themselves as a corporate community, and the experience of their ancestors was their experience as they partook of Passover. So Passover was told and enacted down through through the generations, from one generation to another, not simply as a ritual, but as a dynamic reality, that yes, though it was the, the history of their ancestors, it was nevertheless their history and part of their, their experience and therefore their story. And so this is summed up in bread and wine this morning, this is our story. Summed up in this table this morning, this is our story. And remembering is, is both a personal and a collective thing. Um, on the one hand, it's a, it's a bit like Remembrance Day. Um, it's someone else's story. So on Remembrance Day, we, we think of the, particularly World Wars I and II and those who gave their lives during those wars, who laid, their, da- laid down their life in order that we might have freedom today in order that we may have justice, in order that we may have peace, in order that we may be able to live as God intended. And so we, on that particular day, we we remember them, we recollect those events. As we remember, we engage their story. It, it, and in a way, it becomes our story as we do so. And so in communion, we engage the story of Jesus. We engage his, his life. We engage his suffering. We engage his Death, we engage his resurrection. And then on the other hand, uh, in in remembering, in, in inhabiting the memory, we make it also our own. Part of our story. So this is not just the story of Jesus, it's also our story. It's about us in him and what he has done for us. We engage our own personal history of salvation as we contemplate this story, as we contemplate Jesus through bread and wine. And so when we come to this table, we, we know that Jesus was anticipating the cross. And, and he, he desires to have this meal with his disciples. He desires to, to eat with them this Passover before he dies upon the cross. And and so we think of his death. He took of the, the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Knowing that very shortly he would be arrested, he would be falsely tried, he would die upon a Roman cross, an awful death. But it was the death that we should have died. And then he, so he speaks of his death. He speaks of his shed blood. And he takes the cup and he says, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. There was an old covenant which was passing away. And as a result of his death, a new covenant was being inaugurated a covenant whereby we would be redeemed, a covenant whereby Jew and Gentile would come around the table of the Lord and enjoy what it was to feast with Him. And so Jesus goes down into death, and He takes your sins, He takes my sins, He takes the sins of everybody in this room, He takes all of our sin, and He pays the price for it. It says in Isaiah that He was bruised for our iniquity. He was judged for our sin. And so he went down into death, and he, he paid that price. And he goes down into death, and the, and the price is paid, judgment is taken. And there he is, in death. And then on the third day, the story changes yet again. On the third day, we discover that he rises again. And so in in this meal, we we think of resurrection because it says that we do this until he comes. And so Jesus not only went down into death and experienced death in all its fullness, experienced the judgment of God on our sin in his death, but he rises again having beaten the, the powers of Satan, sin, death and hell. Having put them to naught, he rises again and he comes up from the grave and, and he is alive. And they, they were totally shocked Jesus was alive when we think of that Easter story. And so in partaking of this meal, we, we not only look back and remember Jesus in his death, but we also think of him in his resurrection and we think of him as coming again as well. He says, do this until I come. And so I want to invite you this morning that as we gather in our homes, wherever you might be, perhaps you're out walking at the moment, that we we come around this table. And it's a table whereby He bids us come. And uh, I think of the scripture that says He has brought us into into His banqueting house and His banner over us is love. And so He sets before us a banqueting table And he says, come, because I love you. Come, because you're mine. It's a covenant meal. Come, because you're forgiven. And so, when we come, we don't come to an altar this morning. If we came to an altar, we were thinking of offerings all over again. Has it been done? Do I need to do more? The answer is no. Everything has been done. We don't need an altar today. We don't need to come to an altar. The invitation is to come to a table. And it's a place, therefore, of fellowship. He bids you come, he bids us come, he bids me come. And to sit at the table with him and enjoy this meal together. And so, lastly, two other points as we come and partake. It's a place of receiving. The emphasis here is on what God is offering us in Jesus. Very often we think about what we do for God, and there's a place for that. We think about our worship. We think about giving him worship. We think about giving him praise. We think about giving him thanks. We think about doing things for him. But when we come to the table, it's the other way round altogether. It's a place of receiving. Where you and I just receive of the abundance that he wants to give to us what God is offering us in Jesus. I don't know where you're, how you're, you're managing at this moment in time. It may be that something's happened this week and you sinned in some way and, and you feel cut off and you feel, I can't come near this table. And I want to say to you that that's the enemy who says that kind of thing. You can come because he has paid the price for your sin. You can come because he's redeemed you. You can come because his blood cleanses us from all sin. So it's a a place of receiving. Maybe you've been struggling with lockdown. Maybe you've been angry with God in some way because all that is going on, he still bids you come. It's a place of receiving. There's grace here at this table, which brings me to the other point. It's a place of, of renewal. And that's the wonderful thing about this table There's forgiveness at this table. God doesn't hold grudges. He forgives and he forgets. Not only that, he cleanses us from our sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And not only that, as we encounter him too at the table... As we partake in bread and wine together, as we we remember him, he is present at this table in a special way, and it's a table of transformation. We can know the transforming work of his spirit in our lives. And not only that, we've already intimated, it's a place of hope, because we do this until he comes. We know that he holds the future in his hands. We know that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, And that one day he will come again. So, wherever you are at this moment in time, he bids you come. You need forgiveness? Come. You need cleansing? Come. You need more of his transforming work in your life? Come. You need to forgive somebody else? Come. You need healing, come. It says in Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. And yet he himself bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains and we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down, by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We've all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. So let's come this morning Let's come to this table. Let's come as the covenant family of God. Those who've not only been joined to Jesus, but joined to one another. And we think of the series that we've gone through where we talk about being together. Yes, he has made us one in him because we share of one loaf, we are one body. And so wherever you are at this moment, I want to invite you to take bread. Father, in these precious and holy moments, we give you thanks for this table. In these precious and holy moments, we, we break our bread as one body. We break it remembering that your body was broken for us. And we take that bread this morning and we eat it, feasting on you, Lord Jesus, by faith. So let's eat together, shall we? Not only did Jesus break bread, but he took wine. Prior to the cup he gives to us, he took another cup at the Passover meal which spoke of judgment and God's wrath. He drank that cup for us and he shares with us the cup of blessing. He says this is, a new covenant in my blood. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this cup this morning that we hold, which speaks to us of your precious blood shed for us, for the forgiveness of our sins, for the cleansing of our consciences, and for the renewal of our lives. May your blessing be on it as we take it, in Jesus' name. So let's drink together, shall we, the cup of the Lord. Just in the stillness, just wait on him where you are, be in that place of reception. Just receiving from him the the forgiveness that you need. Receiving from him the cleansing of your conscience. Receive from him that taking away of the shame that you're carrying. know that he has broken the chains that he, that bound you that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus the old has gone and the new has come you are indeed ransomed healed restored and forgiven Not only that, but he gives you his spirit this morning, today. He gives you the spirit of sonship whereby you can say to him, Abba, Father. You can come with all boldness and confidence before him and know his blessing. Know that in Christ, He has made you rich. He has given to you the resources of heaven. And in these moments, I just want to encourage you to draw down what you need into your life before you go out into another day and into another week. Maybe that you feel weak this morning. Just let the Holy Spirit strengthen you in these moments. Maybe that you just need to receive the peace of God. You've been troubled in heart and mind. Hear him say, my peace I give unto you. And as a family, we, we just want to pray for those who are sick in body in some way or other, even in mind, to round this table, invite the healing presence of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you know your children. Holy Spirit, you know the aches and the pains. You know the worries, the concerns. Would you release healing? Right now, in Jesus' name, into people's lives, into people's bodies, into people's minds. In Jesus' name, grant healing, grant renewal. Let that healing come, we pray. Let that healing come in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for every member in particular. And around this table, one can't sit higher than another. We've all sinned and fallen short of your glory. We're all redeemed by your same matchless grace. Lord, we cherish each one and we pray your blessing upon every life that each one may grow and flourish in you and know the goodness of God in the land of the living. Protect us in these days, we pray, from this virus and all else, and help us to live to your glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to close in worship. And again, I would just invite you just to, just to be in a place, even as we worship, of, of reception, um, just welcoming his presence into your life and that renewal that he can bring.